If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. But let me explain. It is free, people. They have creative tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, which will make your life a lot easier. And this way it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many other apps that play podcasts. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just go to the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm online to get started and you can thank me later. Welcome, everyone, to Our World with your host, Netboy and Doc. I hope you're having a great day, and if this is your first time listening, I hope you enjoy the show. Net, how are you, my friend? Everything's going well. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I am doing really well today. That's good to hear. I just got through watching the Grammys. Did you watch the Grammys? I didn't watch it, but I caught some of the highlights on YouTube. Okay, I, I just got a couple of viewpoints on the Grammys. The Beyonce thing, the internet is really going crazy over something that I I don't get. It, uh, which thing? Her performance or? The performance was just all right. Um, it was a lot of visual stuff. The fact that uh, Beyonce... I mean, it, it was a big lead-in for like three minutes of talking. I mean, and I just, I didn't get it. I wasn't with it. I thought a lot of the musical acts were fantastic. Fantastic. They did a lot of collaborations, combos of people that you wouldn't think of putting together, and they sound good. Other than, I think they really blew it with Metallica and, and Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. It was, it was well, it horrible. Been a, it could have been the mic issues, too, or you just thought the performance was bad. No, you know what it was? It was the mic. Um, I am a huge Metallica fan. I am a rock and roll music, hardcore fan forever. And the fact that James Hatfield's mic, I mean, he's got one of the best heavy metal voices ever. And we he kept singing into a dead mic for, for way too long. I mean, you know, yeah. and especially after that guy was making fun of technical difficulties at the beginning of the show... You would think that the people in tech support would have their shit together, but they didn't. Yeah, you would think uh, the Grammys wouldn't have uh, uh, mic issues. Exactly. Yeah, this is the top of the food chain when it comes to music, right? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, I, I was sitting there, and I was listening to John Legend. And, you know, I usually am not a big John Legend fan because his voice, he seems to sound the same all the time. But now after listening again, I don't think it's that bad a thing because John has a timeless voice. He has a voice yeah, that... he has his own style, I feel like. When you hear John Legend on the radio, you know it's John Legend. Yeah, John Legend could have sung in the 50s with Nat King Cole. And you know what? He's one of those dudes when he's 75 years old can still sing. Actually, yeah. I enjoyed watching the old dude with Gary Clark Jr., the, uh, the bass player, when they did the mm -hmm. blues song. 
that shit was that was right up my alley, man. Because I, I love music. Music means a lot to me. So I, I thought it was a uh, overall. I thought it was a good show. I just thought it was a little bit too overhyped with the you're going to see the greatest performance of your life with this um, Beyonce, and it was it was nothing. She was a big fat pregnant woman singing a song, I guess, to women. And it, you know, men were just supposed to sit there and listen. <laughs> yeah, I think some people that didn't like the performance, I think I think they were expecting her to, like, dance or something. I'm like, dude, she's carrying twins. What, what do yeah, you expect her to do? And you could tell that, you know, it kind of wore out because, you know, it can't be easy carrying two lives inside of you. Because when she did yeah. her acceptance speech, and, well, my biggest thing about the Grammys is I guess the Grammys are so far behind from when the records were actually released. Yeah, that's a problem because, I mean, I, I forgot Adele album came out last year. Hello? If I never hear that fucking song again as long as I live, it'll be too many times. <laughs> I hate that song. I, I literally, and I like Adele. I like Adele's new album. But one thing about Adele that people have to start thinking, Adele's songs are stalking songs. She's always in contact with some dude she broke up with that she's not supposed to be having contact with anymore. <laughs> I, now, think about it. If somebody called you a thousand times and they're your ex, would you be happy? No, no, no. Okay, you don't even want to hear from them three times. Her song, <laughs> she'd be like, I called you a thousand times. And then I think she has another song. She's like, I'm just dropping over. Don't be dropping by. It's the ballads of... She does the ballads of heartbreak, and uh, Taylor Swift does the uh, I don't like my ex anymore. So it's almost the same thing. Yeah, well, you know, I, I can dig I hate my ex. You know, that that's some good soul country stuff like that. But I, you know, it's like it's like that song by uh, from Dream Girls, and you're gonna oh, love me. I'm telling uh, you, yeah. Yeah, that's also a criminal song. If somebody plays that song, get the hell away from those people because. I'm you're gonna I'm gonna force you to love me even though you don't now, that's just a crazy ass tune I never liked that song either <laughs> but you know the Grammys you know they give us some stuff CeeLo freaking green dressed up as a Grammy oh yeah yeah but uh, CeeLo needs to get back out there remember we haven't seen CeeLo since The Voice yeah, but I mean, damn, does he have to be a black man in full Grammy, <laughs> head to toe gold with the emblems in his head and blah, blah, blah. I got I, I got my triple play of celebrities who are just silly. Mariah Carey. Oh, yeah, I, I, I can't stand Mariah Carey anymore. Mariah Carey's now, I guess when, you know, you're in that industry and you got these young chicks. So she tries super extra hard. So she's all big and bloated now. Yeah, and she she acts like she's still in her twenties, and I'm like, uh, your time has passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No class. I mean, high heels, bowling, and in the gym with fishnets, and and then you got Jason Derulo, who who thinks he's a, a bigger star, obviously, than he is. What the hell is he he traveling around with nine guys? 19 pieces of luggage getting kicked, having planes turned back to Plane the airport. <laughs> well, real quick, someone said CeeLo looked like the last boss you were fighting the video game. Oh, yes, he always does, but damn. <laughs> uh, but now, 
you know, man, I don't know. Didn't CeeLo used to be a part of, uh, what was the group from Atlanta he was with? Oh, uh, yeah, give me a second. What the hell was their name? Uh, Mob? Was it, was yeah, it Mob, uh, the Goody Mob. Goody Mob, yeah, yeah. Damn, CeeLo Green used to be a rapper or of some sort. Now he's just, somebody noticed me, you know? It's 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 a damn shame. Somebody he's stuck in a weird me. place. He's forty two now, so I was he tried to I mean he like the album he put out with the I think it was the Gars Barkley, but I forgot what was the hit song. Listen and then he, he switched over to the television, then he got in trouble with a date rape drug, I believe. Listen, he was fantastic with Niles Barkley because first of all, he has a different voice when he sings. So it it it, it, it strike you know, it, it, it grabs your attention. I actually liked that whole Niles Barkley deal. I thought it was pretty cool. You know? Because I have no problem with a guy who's a rapper venturing out. I'm tired of all rappers fitting into one hole. You know? You're a rapper, you can't dance. You're a rapper, you gotta always look angry. You're a rapper, you can't do different genres. That's why I like this Chance the Rapper kid. I like him a lot. Yeah, do Chance I the Rapper is pretty good. Do I think that he had the best rap album of the year? Once again, Drake just is disrespected by the industry. Disrespected well, think, by people. I don't know what it is. Why do people hate Drake? Do you have an opinion on why people hate Drake? I, no, I really don't understand why people hate Drake, but I think why he didn't win the, the Grammys probably because he was boycotting the Grammys and he let that be known months ago. Okay, so they do this one. You want to stick it to us? For for when it comes to rap, the Grammys doesn't really represent hip hop. Yeah, well that's yeah, true. There's a lot of rap albums that may have should have won that should have won a Grammy that probably wasn't even nominated for one. Yeah, but I didn't think that Chance was gonna actually I mean that that album that Drake had must have had five or six hits. Yeah, he he did have a lot hits. I mean, people could say what they want about this dude, but he is constantly banging out hits left and right. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about that uh, Pablo, the life of Pablo. Yeah. Actually, Ultralight Beam, that three, that's a great song to begin with. Kanye, forget everything, you know, about who Kanye might be wacky, but you know what? Some of the most... Some of the artists in the world who give you the have the most talent are the craziest people. And that's where their talent comes from, being out there. You know, Ultralight Bean was great. And Chance the Rapper stole that record from Kanye on his own album. Yeah, I think with what it is with the Grammys, especially with that genre, I just looked at a list and I'm like, our biggest artist weren't Grammy winners like uh, a Pac or a Biggie even a Snoop Dogg so it's like it's hard to put rap in a category and and let them be judged by the Grammys yeah cause I think Ryan uh what is it uh Ryan and whatever the hell they name is they have Grammys yeah, uh, uh what was what was the name of that? Uh, Ryan and uh, Mac McElroy and Ryan. Oh, uh, Macklemore, yeah, yeah. He yeah. beat. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he beat out the Kendrick album, which should have won. And he even said the Kendrick album should have won. Yeah, well, you know what? I guess Kendrick took like a year off. He was 
working like bing, bang, 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 boom. So, you know. Yeah, but he said he, he doesn't force music out there. He just records when he feels like recording, which I appreciate. I don't like, even like a Drake, I don't want you throwing 100 songs at me at one time. I prefer you, 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 throw, you give me an album, take some time off, maybe do a tour, then maybe come out with another album. But when you overpopulate the market, it's just just crazy. Even though right now I feel like people have short memories, that's probably why too. Yeah, and you know what it is? I, I, I actually like, I like, there's a certain guys that I like right now. I like J. Cole. I like, uh, I'm always going to like Kanye. Kanye's always going to have one or two songs on every record I like. Drake, yeah, no matter what. I'm really liking this weird Kanye. Uh, listen, I like, like I said, Ultra Light Beam, to me, even though it's not like your classical rap because it's so gospely. I think it's a great, great song, man. I, I enjoy it. I still listen to it, and it's over a year old. I would say check out a big, big Sean's new album. You know what? I don't get Big Sean. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that big song he had on this one? I take an L or something like that. On this new album or the one that I don't, I don't fuck with you. No, that song is garbage to me. Oh, that I hate a, that, that song. A, but he was speaking so much truth. But you know what? I, I, okay, this is me in a nutshell to anybody that's listening. Me and hip hop, and this has been me and hip hop from day one, from the first record I ever heard in my life. I am not a guy, I call them pothead hip hop fans. It's the guy who could sit on the couch and listen from word to word everything that's being said. I'm not so much of what you're saying. I want to hear hardcore beats and power come at me. I want it to be aggressive. I don't like lyrical rappers just for the, you know, a guy could be slick. That's a poet to me, and I don't like poetry. I don't want to hear a guy with a lot of words. Like, some of M's stuff, I hate. Even though, like, Rap God, people say, oh, Rap God's one of the... I can't stand Rap God. Oh, so, yeah, you're not into the content, then. No, but you know what? Give me Tech Nine. Tech Nine is punching me in my fucking face. He's just punching me from the time he opens his mouth to the time he shuts up. He's punching me in the face, and that's what I like. I like aggressive, aggressive, aggressive music. I don't want mellow chords too much. You know, that's right why now, I love DMX. These, yeah, I think right now that's uh, maybe becoming a problem in the market because you get these guys with these. They might have a super hot beat. And it makes them put out this number one selling single that you don't hear from them anymore because they have no content. Yeah, and see, that's and it's why very I, hard to reproduce a beat. Yeah, I loved. Uh, that's why I like Pac. Pac not only had something to say, but at that time Dre was on the top of his game, so he was producing great beats. Yeah, yeah, Dre, Dre, Dre's always for me was always a great producer. You know, if uh, about as lyrical, I guess I get would be a J. Cole or, or Nas. You know, but I don't, I don't want a guy who could just. I mean, there was a time, I guess, the '80s, early '90s, especially when you had people like Poor Righteous Teachers out there. These were guys who could say a lot. I mean, you know, they were throwing lyrics at you, boom, 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 boom. But I'm like, you know what? No, thank you. 
Because and you know what? I go back because when I was younger, I used to love Master P and his group, his No Limit P camp. And I tried to, before I threw, I threw away all my CDs, I was like, let me listen to some of this stuff. A lot of it was garbage. I was like, what was I listening to as a kid? So now I can understand why some of these kids are listening to these guys that I'm listening to now. Like, oh my God, he's not see, saying that. He's just mumbling. Yeah, well, see, I can see Master P, but I tell you what, Mystical, I was with some of that. See, I was only doing one album. I just couldn't. I I I, I couldn't after a while. Because even with like Mr. Cool and the Silk, Silk the Shocker, they wrapped off beat. And if you rap off beat, it kind of killed the flow to me. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, I uh, I'm a little bit of a musician myself, and everything you have syncopation, and syncopation a lot of times is not going to be on the rhythm. It's going to be on the offbeat. So you know what? I can actually I can groove with that because of some. Some of it is just, you know, it's just the music. It's how the music flows. But you know what? If somebody hasn't seen the Grammys and you got it on TiVo or, you know, on demand, it's not a bad way to spend two hours if you ain't got nothing else to watch. Now, I didn't watch The Walking Dead last night. Wait, wait. One more point on the Grammys. I have to tell people, if you don't know who Bruno Mars is, you should know by the end of those Grammys yesterday. Well, Bruno Mars is sick. Bruno Mars is a special talent. He's a sick young man who I, I found out something today that I did not know. I did not know the man could throw down on a guitar like that. On a guitar, yeah. He's a, he can sing, he can dance, and he can play instruments. And the ladies like how he looks, so it's a winning combination for him, you know? Yeah, jack of all trades. Matter of fact, Bruno's coming my way in October. And I'm thinking about after seeing the Grammys last night that we might have to go see Mr. Mars. Uh, I got my tickets already for when he come to New York. Yeah, oh, well, this sounds like you're going to have a good time that night because I don't see how you can lose. Yeah, yeah. He, he look, I, pref, I like any artist that gives a good show. Like, I'm not going to pay to see a Mariah Carey because she's just going to stand there and sing. I like Adele music, but I'm not going to go see Adele at concert because I don't want to see someone that just stands there and sing. I need you to give me... Oh, show. I, I need a performance. Well, we're talking about that, why after 40 years, rap concerts still sound like pure shit for the most part? I think it's really because people don't, they don't take time in their shows, in, in their shows. I've seen uh, the Up and Smoke tour. It was Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, and Ice Cube. None of those perform. None of those artists you think is dancing on stage, but they gave a great performance with like their their backdrops, special effects. You have these artists now, like people love Jay Z. I see Jay Z in concert. I don't understand it. I'm not paying for you to hold your nuts and walk from the left side of the stage to the right singing a song. I'm not paying for that. I need a performance. Yeah, that you know what you do spend good, hard-earned money to hear somebody get down on stage, and you want to you want to be entertained. It's, it's your time to be, you know, you throw away real life, and for those two, three hours, you... Well, I guess Jay, he's always has guest stars, depending on where you catch him. Like, if you catch him in the garden or something, he could have, like, five people walk up on that stage and perform with him. Yeah, but uh, to me, I could just... I could listen to your album. I need, some, I need a show. I need a performance. Give me some special effects. Something. Yeah, man. I mean, I've, I've been to some great shows in my life, and I would have to say none of them involved hip-hop artists i had the yeah, pleasure of actually seeing prince I, and i'll never forget as long as i live i seen prince i believe it was 82 
at CBGB's and Prince performed in a diaper. <laughs> Nobody knew who this little yellow fella was. He had his, I think it was his second or third album. He had an album called Dirty Minds. If you if you never heard it, take a peek at Dirty Minds. It is exactly what the name of the title of the album states. One song was about his sister performing oral sex on him. <laughs> oh my God! It's called Sister. You've never, I guarantee you've never heard a song like that before in your life. I'm guessing this is pre-Purple uh, Rain. Way before Purple Rain. This is before, I, and I think it was, uh, what was his other, um, he had another, he had a hit on there. But it was like his first minor mean, mini hit before people knew that this was guy was going to be that guy. Okay. He, nah, he wasn't the purple guy. This was a dude in a fucking uh, diaper. And a thong. He performed one song in a thong. The next song, I mean, he was fucking the stage. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I said, I don't know who this guy is. But I'm going to tell you now, this guy is going to be humongous. <laughs> and see, Stuff like that you should know from Jump Street, yeah. Listen, from the first chords, I... I, I I'm a black man, and I love punk rock, and I love rock, like I said. So I would go to CBGB's, and CBGB's is not the type of place guys from the hood go often. Unless you like a certain genre of music, especially in punk, right? So you would go there, and most punk bands play three, four chords, and three, four chords badly. So it's horrible. The drummer does the same... The guitar player, boom, 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 boom. That's it. There is no breaking it down. Prince was breaking this shit down, and he's like, what the hell is going on here? Who is this cat? <laughs> and then when he starts singing about, you know, my sister, my sister's turning me out. You're like, I never heard those. This is 82. There was no shit like that going on in 82. Oh, wow, that's just Matter of fact, nobody's making records like that, I don't think, today. No, I think a lot of artists, besides like maybe an Eminem, a lot of artists has to be politically correct. Yeah, and then it, you it, get some artists that just doesn't give a fuck. They're like, I'm going to say whatever the hell I want to say. Like the DMX, too. DMX, I felt like he would say anything he wanted to say. You see, it makes me think about something. Now, I, I don't know how familiar, so I have to... I have to uh, Set this question up first. George Jefferson, Fred Sanford, and Archie Bunker. Do you know those gentlemen? Of course. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad to hear the younger generation. Now, I, this piggybacks on the last one, how people dealt with stuff then and how people deal with stuff now. Those three men, straight up racist. Racist. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, in this day and age, I don't think none of those shows would be on TV right now. Everybody's too damn sensitive. I think the Jeffersons, Fred G, and Archie would all be canceled with pickets within two to three episodes. Yeah, pickets the, outside the, the studio. <laughs> the Archie Bunker's first episode, I recall, he he went on into a monologue when he was talking about spicks and spades. Just that right there would have had everyone in the, uh, in the uproar. Now, think about this. That's 
35 years ago, right? Yep. At least. And they were more free with race relations than today. I was having this conversation with my wife. Now, I'm pro-black. I'm a black man, so I'm very proud of my people and everything we've accomplished. But we can't even have a... We are so delusional right now. We can't even have a working-class family on TV. If it's not a doctor, a lawyer, a police chief, an attorney... I mean, damn, whatever happened to the dude who just went to work, had a family, and the family's funny? <laughs> well, they, well, kind of, you kind of get that out of black, blackish. I mean, the wife is a doctor, but the, the husband is a, is a regular worker. He works no, for, he's uh, not. He's a fucking executive at an ad agency. And oh, they, yeah, live yeah. In a, they live in a mini mansion. Are you talking about uh, jobs like, uh, like uh, the guy had from, uh, what's the show with uh, uh, J.J.? Oh, well, see, I'm not saying that the guy should be an immigrant worker picking oranges. <laughs> no, I'm saying whatever happened to a... You know what? You couldn't find a black family on TV where the father's Al Bundy, a fucking shoe salesman. We, oh, would, no, get, like we would pick at the show and have it off the air if the family's not doctors, lawyers. I, yeah, I, people I, pick at things. They have um a few years ago... I forgot the actress' name, but they had a show on. They had a show called Devious Maids. It was a Latin show, and people were up in arms that they had a show that these women were maids because they were Latin. I'm like, so fucking sensitive, man. Just, just watch the show. Watch the show and then tell me if it's good or not. I and people picking it blackish because the name blackish. But I tried to figure out. I mean, I hurt, I banged my brain against the wall for like 20 minutes and tried to come up with one black character on television today who is not a doctor, a lawyer, a cop, or a fire chief. A music executive. Yes, okay, well the Empire family, goddamn, they're moguls. I mean, is there <laughs> any regular, is there any dude who just goes to work at an office or at a bank or is a fucking god? I mean, it's like, this them? And then it's the rest of us. And you know yeah, what? Maybe, maybe Wilson or New Girl. Okay, because they're kind of all bums. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's all right. And But didn't he become a cop? Yeah, he became a cop. Oh, shit. So, and you know, by the, by the third season of him being a cop, he'll be a detective. So don't worry about it because <laughs> black people will write in and complain. Why isn't he a chief of police yet? It's... <laughs> You know, yeah, I was trying to think. Of, like, I can't think of a show. No, and I'm you, talking you, about shows on broadcast television. Nothing, nothing like cable or something. No, you know what? I was, I was even thinking about like Meet the Browns or some shit. And even that guy was like a fire chief. So oh. there's no regular jobs, and it's kind of a shame, man. You know, think about it. Uh, uh, what's happening? That mother was just a regular working mother. I mean, she probably cleaned house, but the show was funny. The kids were fed. It's not like uh, good times where, you know, good times could depress the shit out of you because sometimes you don't know if, if, if the, they were going to eat. Yeah, because they was, they was dealing with, good times was dealing with serious topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, you can't even deal with these topics anymore because as far as black television goes, there are no hungry black people. There are no well-dressed black people. I mean, there are no black people who aren't well-dressed. Who don't have multiple pairs of Jordans. 
Yeah, people are sensitive. I just don't understand how. I'm like, it's killing the, the television genre because it's people are just too damn sensitive on what what's. Everyone wants to be politically correct, and it's not going to happen like that. Even this past weekend, the Saturday Night Live did the skit with um about Kellyanne Conway and Fatal Attraction, and people was <laughs> people were crazy about it. I thought it was actually funny. Where she was stalking that guy. <laughs> she was stalking uh, the CNN guy. Yeah, and then she came back to life. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was pretty good, man. And then you know, this week we also had some some sports related stuff. Now you talking about sensitive? I'm a, I'm gonna say. And by the way, I just found out that Cruz was released by the Giants, and you know what? I could give less than a rat's ass. Cruz ain't been a football player in three years, man. Number two was injury. But he you played know what? Whose fault? Year, but they also Who's had fault three is that? Three different uh, receivers. And and if I'm not mistaken, Rashad Jennings, and I mess that dude's name up all the time. Rashad Jennings was also released. One of the three worst running backs of the last five years in the NFL. This dude <laughs> probably averaged about three yards a carry. He was legitimately stealing money. I thought Cruz stole money for three years, so you know what? Well, not this year. He, if, he, I mean, but Eli's his quarterback, so. Yeah, but what did he steal? He had three touchdowns. He danced two times. He caught yeah, but when you throw 30 the ball catches. To, to Odell Beckham, I'm pretty sure if you put Cruz in, like, a New Orleans with Drew Brees or a Tom Brady, his numbers would go back up unless he get an injury, injury again. But see, here's the thing. I don't think Cruz could outrun you right now. That's the problem. Cruz is done, man. I'm saying hey, when, I, when I'm putting Tom my football reputation on it. He's done. Tom Brady turned the little guy in Hogan into a West Walker. So. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, you know what? I don't know what the hell is going on in New England. That that factory. Once you join that cult, man, you just automatically improve. <laughs> They're the Scientology of uh, the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> thinking about Scientology, somebody dragged out uh, John Tavolta at the Grammys, and he was wearing bizarre jewelry, and he had a nice, beautiful wig on. This fucking guy doesn't <laughs> even care, man. I mean, I'm a man. I'm bald. I can't imagine stepping out in front of millions of people knowing that I'm wearing a wig, and I'm still going to wear this wig like it's my real fucking hair. Uh, everyone wants to paint an illusion. But I would say, not to get off topic, but they do. I found out they have a Scientology Center in Harlem, which is weird because I've never seen any black Scientologists. You want to know where there's a, a big one? 51st between like 7th and 8th. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm definitely. That, definitely. But I'm. I, I used to walk by that place all the time. Harlem. Yeah, and they grab, they'll try to uh, give you the Dianetics uh, pamphlet. By L. Ron yeah. Hubbard. Yeah, no, thank you. I'm not in the Colts. <laughs> no, 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 no. Colts and me just don't fly, man. I need to be free. I'm like a bird. But we had a big sports weekend, man. You, the Durant-Westbrook matchup. Yeah, it was a good one first quarter, I guess. I'm not shocked at what happened at all. I'm not shocked by the fans' reaction. I'm not shocked that Westbrook had to do too much as usual. Uh, and I'm not shocked that Durant would have a big game. I told people when Durant first left Oakland, I mean, OKC, I said there has to be 
some behind-the-scenes issues going on in that locker room. They just had to be. The, the owner, at the last minute, they traded Ibaka away. We knew Durant and Westbrook didn't. They seemed like they was getting along, but were they really? I was like, this, this, I, I figured he was going to leave. I didn't think he would leave for Golden State. I thought maybe an East Coast team, but these players want to win now. OKC is like a beautiful woman. You want, I'm, but you have to go back five years. OKC is this beautiful woman, and you want to strip her. You want to strip her slow. And they they took off her bra, was hardened. You're right. They they took off her pants, Obaka. And then he guy said, fuck it, he rushed. And he just ripped the panties and bras, and that was Durant. I mean, think about it. That team had all of that talent just four or five years ago. Yeah, they were they were basically Golden State because they built it through the draft. And their owner couldn't hold the pieces together. I watched I watched uh the UFC this weekend. Uh not what I'm not what I'm gonna call a great card, a watchable card. I thought Holly Holmes might have even actually got screwed out of the title. Because I thought yeah, I she fought she, well enough. I heard the, 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 that late hit should have take, taken away a point. It wasn't once. She did it twice. Two oh. back-to-back rounds, and neither one of them did they take a point. And she lost on all three cards by a point. Point, yeah. Now, I will say one oh, wait, thing. Wait, what would have happened if it was a tie? You know what? Maybe they had to fight again. If they fought like that for five rounds on pay-per-view and people bought, brought it, they'll buy it again. And I'm like, what did what did Dana want to do? Because the 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 girl who's currently the bantamweight champion, she wants to fight the featherweight championship to see if she can get two titles. But he said no, so I don't know what he's going to do with this division. See, here's the thing with Dana, and I've been keeping track of Dana and this Ty- Tyron Woodley thing. Yeah. And 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 Tyron has a hell of a point because one, Dana's never going to understand racism. White people cannot understand when a black person feels that there's something racist coming towards them. Mm-hmm. And, and when you show no sensitivity to them trying to explain it to you, that means you don't give a fuck. Because you can't empathize. Now, yeah. Conor McGregor is allowed to do whatever he wants. He gets to disrespect the titles by not even defending the titles. Oh yeah, Bix- all the time. Bick's been wanted to do the same exact thing. Oh, no, why should I fight this guy? Why should I? But when Tyron says, why should I fight this guy? What do you mean? You're not the guy we thought you were. But when the other guys say it, it's no, it's perfectly fine for them to say it. So how how is a brother supposed to feel when he tells the white guys perfectly fine, but when he says it, it's not fine? You know what yeah, I mean? I I really think, and I know that Dana White had a, a big hand in helping the UFC get to where it's at. But for like the past year or so, I think Dana White might be, is going to cause more problems for the UFC than anything else. I know because, they're a juggernaut right now, but every company reaches a point where they're going to face some form of, they're going to have to climb, try to climb back to the top. And I think Dana is going to be the cause of that for the UFC. If... If these fighters, um, if if these conflicts with these fighters aren't resolved, yeah, they well one these fighters got to find like every other professional athletes they got to find some form of unionizing. Yeah, 
which will give them some kind of strength and power. But you know what? Dana Wade has hit that level where it's the danger level. Once you become the celebrity as opposed to just the guy, it's, it's a whole different world. He's living in a whole different world now. You People, the first thing they think of when they think of UFC, it shouldn't be the owner. It should be a fighter. The fighters, yeah. He's like the Don King of the UFC. Exactly. The first thing you think of the UFC is Dana White before you think of, say, Anderson Silva or, you know, before you even think of McGregor. Yeah, he became too too big of a star. I think he needs to either step back or the new owners need to figure out something because I think I really think they're going to lose a lot of fighters. Yeah, but you know what, man? When it's when it's when it's no second place, there's no place to because I'm gonna tell you now, Bellator just looks like the bum place. The fights yeah, might agree. be still good. It just looks so it looks so second rate that it's like, oh man, what am I watching? We have learned over time it only takes some big name fighters to switch over for their for their stock to rise. Well, that is very true. Hey, listen, we we haven't done our Black History moment, and I'm going to throw it in there right now. It could be one that you've heard of many times. We're going to talk about Tajay P. Henson's cousin, Matthew Henson. He was on a team that became the first people to ever reach the North Pole. Uh, uh, so, Matthew Henson. A great accomplishment. Many people had tried to reach the North Pole previous to him, but they were never able to get there. You know, it's uh, brutal. And I still don't even know why we really went there, per se, because it's in uninhabitable. You know what I mean? It is just not someplace that people could live. But I guess it's a great testing site for mass destruction. And the, and the world needs places that we could test our mass destruction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how yeah, else are we going to feel safe unless we could kill the world? Yes, yes. Very, uh, Matthew Henson. Uh, actually, he was born in Maryland and he died in the Boogie Down Bronx in, in, uh, in 1955. He lived to a ripe old age of 88 years old. Became very from famous from one, and, and naturally. From one hellhole to another. Yeah, and naturally. They disputed the fact that he did, he went, that he was the first. Because, you know, how could a black man do that? (laughs) Yeah, that always happens. When somebody black do something, there's always a question mark behind it. But if if you say we screwed up, uh, no problem. Because I'm going to tell you now, man, these U.S. federal agents that's doing these mass arrests, if they had somewhere to send our ass, they'd be mass arresting us too. That's what I, have you ever seen, uh, like, from what the news have been showing with these ICE agents, uh, deport, uh, grab, arresting these people, they're always, like, brown people. I'm pretty sure there's illegal Russians, people from Greece, uh, where are those illegals? Why, how come every time someone's arrested on the news that's a, that's an immigrant, you're only showing, uh, Mexicans or, or Muslim people? Like, where, where's everyone else at? You know why? There's a real messed up reason for it. Because when it comes to the visual, that's the one that's the most pleasing to the masses. Let's not forget, we're not called minorities for nothing. 
<laughs> the majority won't blink twice. See, now the majority would start blinking saying, God damn, that looks like my cousin Bob. Yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> See, now all of a sudden they would say America's got concentration camps. Right. You know, yeah. then you get into all of that uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, I knew they had those FEMA camps and they're ready to imprison us. We live in some fucking world, man. I hear about this shit twice or three times a day. Oh, they're getting ready to round us all up and put us in FEMA camps. I'm like, come on, man. Stop it. Stop it, please. I would think that it, by showing this stuff, it creates a false narrative. Because now, oh, you see all these illegal immigrants. If if I'm someone in, let's say, Iowa, and this is all I'm seeing, I'm automatically thinking brown people are bad. Yeah. It's only brown people that's invading, well, that's only brown people that's illegally in this country. And, you know, being New Yorkers, we know that that is far from the truth. There are millions of uh, undocumented elite. Now, see, here's the thing that I get caught a little bit to the left and the right. I really don't have a lot of empathy for illegals with criminal histories in this country. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Once you're an illegal, because they're illegal who's putting kids through college, been here for 25 years, ain't, she ain't said peep one. She found the neighborhood where she could speak the language, especially, see, people in other cities might not realize that New York, you could live in a certain city, in an area, speak your home language, and never learn English and survive fine. Because there'll yep. be stores for you, there'll be, uh, you can shop, you can go to movies, boom, everything. Right? But Yeah, New York is the melting pot. Yeah, but see that person from Iowa, they don't have those provisions where this big Latino community have their own markets, this, that I mean, you know, you got the Muslim neighborhood shit. New York, you can live in a neighborhood to be just predominantly all Indian, all Irish, all Italian, all black, all Hispanic. Yeah. And so these people get around fine. But if, if this person been here for fifteen, twenty years, they ain't did nothing to nobody. They ain't bothered nobody. Only thing they don't have is their papers because they scared now after so long to get their papers. But yeah, see, they now, get you... something. No, go ahead. ahead. I'm saying in New York, our mayor implemented this program would allow illegal immigrants to receive an ID. But the problem now is they're fearing that the Trump organization is going to be able to use this system to figure out who these illegal immigrants are. So de Blasio has said that he'll just burn the system down before he transfer anything over. And how much of that do you really believe, though? Yeah, I, I mean, He's I really don't know, but it's kind, of a, it's kind of a slap in the face to tell your citizens, even if they're illegal, hey, get this card for ID, and then give that information over to the federal government to get them deported. But that might have been the plan from the get-go, because they always do shit... Uh, you know, underneath the table. Anything that you see our government actually do on top of the table, the hand is really tickling somebody's balls underneath it. Yeah, that's probably why so many people are scared to go with that program. Yeah, the hand on the on the, on the top of the table, that's a fake hand. That's a three-card three Monty hand. No, you can't buy that hand. You know? <laughs> the, the one under the table is the one doing the... That's, the, that's where they really sign in the papers, you know? But, uh, you know, I feel bad for those 
But the dude, you know what? I always thought it was our country's thing that once you did a crime and if you was uh, an illegal immigrant, we send your ass back. That's supposed to keep you from on the straight and narrow. I agree, but I technically think if you do commit a crime in the U.S. and you're illegal, after your trial, I think you should be sent back to your country. I don't even think that you should be in our prison system. Yeah, sucking the uh, life out of our resources. Yeah, so if you commit a crime and you're found guilty in trial, hell, I'll even wait till you appeal, but you have to go back then. Why are you going to sit in our prison system for all these years? And, and basically, you're still in the U.S. You're just on our prison system. Because I'm pretty sure if you was in the prison system of your own country, it wouldn't be like the U.S. prison system. Man, you you might not be getting appeals and all those rights to begin with. <laughs> you know, we 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 take a lot of things for granted here in America. Think about it. You could spend all day long. You could stand on a street corner with a megaphone all day long and cuss out your government in this country. And for most part. They're not sending the man to come and lock you under a jail to be never seen again. Some of these people come from countries where they will fucking behead you. If you say boo about somebody, you have to privately, you say you had dinner with your family. You can't even cuss the president in front of some of your family members. They might turn you in. Yeah, you, you can't even talk about the head of your government. Oh, yeah, that's true, man. Well, you know, we got a big deal coming up. Huge day, and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal something that you told me about voting. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, right? Yep, sir. You said that we should vote on Saturdays. I think Valentine's Day should only be on fucking Saturdays. And uh, I agree too. <laughs> and also, I say all men should sign one petition. I should start this petition. Valentine's Day is too fucking close to Christmas. Can't we move it to like the middle of March when nothing's going on? I don't even need it. I need it further than that. Okay. <laughs> I tell I tell people all the time, I get hammered. I get Christmas, then Valentine's, then my daughter's birthday, and then her mom's birthday. All in this all boom, boom, boom. I get hammered. After March I'm fine. Man, it, Valentine's Day is way too close to Christmas. Whoever set it up like that was an evil bastard. <laughs> he just wanted people to put themselves in debt from getting in debt to being in debt to going in debt. Yeah, and it makes no they sense. Do they do the Christmas. Everybody spend their money. You get January off. Then they do Valentine's in February. Then right after that, they hit you with Easter. Yeah, then, then what is it? Mother's Day? Father's Day? Yeah, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Then you kind of get a break. Yeah, because now you got to buy... You, unless, you, unless you're buying fireworks for like the 4th of July. Yeah, you buy, you buy some cheap-ass burgers and franks for uh, 4th of July <laughs> and Memorial Day. So you, you, you catch a, you catch a play. But then right after that, it's school shopping again, right? Yeah. So do you go crazy for Valentine's Day? Um, I, I normally will still will go out uh, and I'll get a gift. That's pretty much it, but I, I feel like going out to eat on Valentine's Day is a ripoff. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done that, man. I've done that several times. Uh, the roses are like five times the normal price on Valentine's. Yep. The whole day is about sticking men up, you know. Yeah, I went out, I went out one day and ate. The restaurant you ate at, say, today, tomorrow, it's a set fix, it's a fixed price. 
Now you done spending three hundred dollars on dinner instead of what you might have spent fifty dollars the night before. Okay, well you know what, man? I like to do a tip of the day, and I was going to do one tip, and because of Valentine's, I want to switch it up right now. This is for gentlemen. Gentlemen, don't be a corny mother effer. Tomorrow's <laughs> Valentine's. That you got that ring? Keep that fucking ring in your pocket for additional four or five days a week. Don't don't be one of seven quadrillion guys who got engaged on Valentine. It's actually pretty corny. And you're doing it because you're too fucking lazy to remember another date. The easiest <laughs> date to remember is February. Oh, shit. February 14th. So you want to sound slick. Hey, remember this day I got. Listen, I've been married 21 years. I couldn't fucking tell you what day I got engaged. And right now it doesn't make a difference. As long as I remember my anniversary. So I, well, I will add to that tip and say also uh, take away Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Don't do it. Don't do the. It's corny. You know how many guys, how many women are going to come to work on Thursday showing that ring? And you know what? Every woman who does that, I hope another bitch in that office got one too. <laughs> I hope it's two of them. Every office that does it, I hope it's two chicks. So she's not that special. So she could say to him, you lazy bastard. You couldn't give me my own day. You give her own day. And Valentine's is not going to be her own day. Now, I think he, what it is is I, I really think what it is they don't want they don't want to get another gift so I already got this ring let me give it to her on Valentine's Day yeah but you know man Valentine you know what I guess if you've been with a woman for as long as I've been with a woman I've had every kind of Valentine's that you can imagine going out Valentine's out to dinner Valentine's just roses and candy Valentine's home cooked Valentine's any any uh, combination of all of them and some uh, exclusive of the others. I've had them all, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. I've been out to Valentine's where we watched couples right in front of us have some of the biggest fucking brawls known to mankind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're sitting there having a meal, and this couple... I mean, we was in the Poconos one time. That was how the... You know, even we, so we even had vacation Valentine's go away to hotel room valentine so we there and this couple and we could see it we see it build we see it build we see it build and sure enough man the only thing they didn't do was throw blows but it got loud it got obnoxious it you know tears started flowing we sitting across from it going we ain't we ain't bad at all are we <laughs> Even if you had to disagree with that day, it make you make your relationship seem much better. Oh yeah, yeah, man. That public fighting shit, man. That's that's for the birds, man. I don't know who who gets involved with that. I think somebody's got to. One of the two people have got to get a grip. And I ain't talking about walking away, cause that makes you look just as bad. When you can see that they're a couple and one is like walking in the opposite direction real fast, you say, look at that. They having problems. <laughs> they having big time problems man you gotta keep your problems behind closed doors people are too yeah. free with their issues you don't know, man, involve all your friends in those problems either oh no no you know what one thing I'm very happy I don't discuss any of if you if I ever talk about anything to do with my relationship it's always on a up note either it's gonna be something funny about it Something wacky about it, but nothing bad about it. 
I am a loyal person and I owe my loyalty to her to never divulge. And I don't have that kind of friend where, oh man, I'm having, I'm going through problems. You know what? I'll, I'll work that shit out between us because we're the only two who could solve them. You know, I'm not, I'm not looking for a third party to co-sign my bullshit or tell me I'm wrong. I don't need you in my business. Not like that. I'm passing on that. You know? I agree. I, uh, I know I've been relating a, a quite a bit of time to my food issues. And I, I, I got it. I want to explain it because one of the stories I think might be kind of comical. Shoot. When I was a young kid, well, not that young. I was, uh, you know, high school age. I was a pretty wild boy. Pretty wild boy. And I, I used to, now this is disgusting. Net, this is going to be disgusting. But I used to buy pizza, right? Buy a slice of pizza. And I would get a slice of pizza and be in the street. And I always would throw my slice of pizza on the ground. What? Always. Always. This was like a ritual. People came to expect this of me. Because it would shock the shit out of people. Because I would then pick that slice up and eat it. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what the hell? People that know me this know this is, this is true. This is coming from the kid who couldn't step on the, the cracks. Yeah. Because I was, <laughs> you know, what, I, what happened was I got in high school. I love football. I started playing football, and I became a full-fledged just animal, a beast. You know, stu if, if it was stupid, you know that shit that you see on YouTube, people doing stupid shit? Yeah. But dangerous? That was me. The only thing I didn't do was ride um, the back of trains. But if I needed to get to the other side of the a train station, I'd walk across the track. I mean, just walk through the middle. I'd hop down and walk across. So I would throw the pizza on the ground. So that just lets you know that I was pretty gross when it came to stuff. And it was nothing like it. When you see a crowd on a summer day and there's four girls in front of a pizza shop and you come out with a fresh slice and you throw it on the ground and you pick it up and eat it, you would think they would go, oh, the girls would always be interested. <laughs> what kind of guy is this? Because they, you know, they like, they're so used to everybody wants to be gangster. Who's this? crazy kid would maybe i might have a mohawk at that time or something like that they want they interested so <laughs> i'm glad you left pizza on the floor <laughs> all the time this was a ritual man so i went by my auntie's house and my aunt was making thanksgiving dinner and i knew my aunt always make potato salad and she throw onions in the potato salad so for 10 minutes, and this is a house full of people, and I brought a friend. Auntie, please, please tell me there's no onions in the potato Oh, but you know, she could sell them one. Yeah, baby, there's no onions. You could eat the potato salad. Yeah, I wouldn't do that to you, no. She know I have food problems. Auntie, please. Sure enough, I take a bite of this potato salad. That shit is stock full of onions. <laughs> I lost my mind and flipped her Thanksgiving Whole dinner. Well, <laughs> I I she flipped, deserved it. <laughs> flipped the whole table. Do you know, this was uh, like 30-something years ago, and I really have not spoken to my aunt since because I always felt that once you violate something that goes, I can do it. But if you violate something that goes inside my body, that's an unforgivable sin. 
Yeah, there's no even need to lie about that. Hey, I just put oh, yes, I put onions in it. Then you wouldn't you wouldn't have ate it. No, baby. No. I mean, I got the old no, baby. Like, I'm almost, I'm not going to taste this fucking onions everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I always felt bad that I did it. But I always, you know, I still had that visual. She was like, you're fucking, like, you're a lunatic. I was like, yes, I'm a lunatic. And I'm ready to kill everybody in this house right now over fucking onion. <laughs> You know, I was the opposite. I, I, the only only thing I would do is, I was a kid that would say things that you maybe shouldn't have, you weren't supposed to say. Like one, my aunt got mad at me one time because I said that she looked like James Brown. Oh, <laughs> and she like you know, the kid's little stay that little motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, I to... ran up to her. I was like, Auntie, you know who you look like? She was like, Who? I was like, James Brown. Yeah, I, I think I, that kind of crushed her, crushed her day. <laughs> I think that would mess a woman up a little bit. I did that once. I had a, I had a bad experience. I remember I was sitting in the neighborhood with a guy, and I knew him from the block, but I didn't know his people. So we sitting there, and we chilling out, and we drinking. So we go to the store, and I see an albino guy. You know, I'm like 12 years old. I ain't seen too many albino guys in my life. And I go, look at that albino motherfucker. <laughs> And you said, that's my father, you. <laughs> now, I I wish I was lying because now me and him got to fight. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know that this man was his father. <laughs> we had spent the whole afternoon. And then I learned. I said, you know what? Take a minute before you speak. You know, it's a valuable lesson because I didn't get my ass kicked. He couldn't beat me. But... Yeah. And it just, you know, if you slow down, he would have approached the man and been like, hey, dad. And I would have never said that because me and him yeah. have never been close. And I know I still know the guy. But, you know, he laughs about it now. He said, hey, remember, you said, look at that albino motherfucker over there. Because I, <laughs> I had never seen a real albino in real life. And I tried. I tried to take that advice and, and, and let things process before I say something. But. I still find myself in trouble because I say the first shit that pops in my head. You know, sometimes, sometimes that's that's true and honest. So you can't really, really fault the person from being that gut level honest. But, yeah, you know, no, but then you're sitting at the table and then other people looking at you like, did he just say that? And I'm sitting there like, oh shit, did I just say that? Yeah, but you know, this this you do you do have to have some decorum. You like, you know, your woman's breathing in. I mean, like on TV. On TV, everybody can just roll over and start tongue kissing after a night of sleep. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't do that shit to me. No, I agree. Um, people people ask me all the time. They're like, "Yo, but that it's normal." I'm like, "I one time used her toothbrush by accident," and I'm like, "Why does this toothbrush feel different?" And I looked. I'm like, "What?" I almost gagged. I was like, Ugh. "I done you grabbed your toothbrush and put it in my mouth." Yeah, that's 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 too much sharing, and so <laughs> yeah, you know your woman will test you on certain things and like, why are you moving your face? Hey, you don't want to tell her, hey, not too fresh right now. You just yeah, been sleeping yeah. for ten hours and you ate before you went to bed or you brushed your teeth and <laughs> I, I'm just not feeling it. You yeah, know, no, so thank you. You have to come be back very after careful. You come from the bathroom. Yeah, you have to be very careful, man. Well, it's been, uh, hey, you got anything else before we get ready to close up shop here? 
Um, uh, we 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 can end this episode and we come back to the people on Friday. Okay. Oh, you want to let them know where they can? Uh, hey, listen, this is very important, people. You can share our show. You could more. You're more than welcome to please comment on our show and subscribe to our channel. Yeah, please subscribe on YouTube at Netboy Docs, and you can follow us on social media: the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Netboy Docs. But those really, those subscriptions on YouTube will really help. And feel free to comment, even if it's negative. We actually appreciate it. Because if you write a negative comment, we can look at it. If it's something we need to fix in the show, just let us know. And we will respond to you. You will be responded to. That's a, a for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. We try to make this the most interactive show there is. You go, Like I said, on YouTube at Netboy Doc. And since I gave the people part one of my food story, I have got to give them part two of my food story the next time. Okay. I think that's better than my auntie. <laughs> because this was the real never again am I eating anything from anybody in life again story. You invented flipping the table. Oh, uh, well, no, I don't think I'm the first one, but damn, I don't know too many people who've done it. I mean, and let's not forget, this was a whole Thanksgiving meal. I, <laughs> I left that woman in tears, food everywhere. My friend, now my friend, he just patted me on the back. Oh, you're a wild boy. He's like, yeah, you know, we, <laughs> yeah, we went out and drank and had a good time and went about our business. I mean. You know, it's messed up when you're 17, 18, you got no conscience whatsoever. You know, none. I didn't want to do it, but it, I felt my hand was forced. You know? Now I'm, now I'm feeling sensitive. I'm going to have to call my auntie. <laughs> and apologize for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Call my auntie. Well, people, it's been our pleasure. Please subscribe, comment and share and with that this is doc speaking on behalf of doc netboy and our world we're just gonna tell you peace <laughs>